Well, praise the Lord. Glad you're out this morning. Those of you that are with us on live stream, glad you can make it. Amen. <clears throat> so we're on this uh, lesson series of real Christianity, kind of like uh, where the rubber meets the road, what it's really all about, real life, real Christianity. <clears throat> and it's been, uh, it's been really good for me. I've actually learned some things in this. You know, I've been saved for, how long have I been saved? 1976. I've been saved a while. But uh, if I'd have heard some of these things when I first got saved, it would save me a lot of heartache, a lot of struggle, a lot of beating myself up. You know, I'm I'm just telling you, it's been a really good series. So today's lesson, last week was the struggle, remember? Struggle between your flesh and your spirit, and it's just a daily grind and fight, the war that's on, you know. So this week, it's the game plan, how to win in your struggle, and it's really good. And uh, <clears throat> so let's, uh, let's have a word of prayer and just ask the Lord to meet with us, amen. Father, thank you for being such a great God. Thank you for your word. Lord, we know you through your word. And so we thank you for your word. Pray that you meet with us today. Lord, I need you to direct my thoughts and what I say and directions I go and rabbits I chase and all of that, Lord. We just need to hear from you, not me. Pray that you'd, uh, the power of your Holy Spirit would come, fill me. And, and uh, Lord, there's somebody today, I'm sure, here or on live stream that struggling with their Christianity, and, and uh, Lord, uh, I pray that you'd meet that need today, and we ask this in Christ's name, amen. <clears throat> if you have your Bibles, turn to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, I'm going to read a couple of verses there, we're just going to be there, but we'll be kind of in some other places today too. Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. Hear those pages turning. That's a good sound. Amen. Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. The Bible says, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now, he's saying, but now, I'm in prison, I'm not there, but now, much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Verse 13 For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. As we read these exciting, jubilant words, we must realize that they were written in a prison dungeon cell. Amen? They sound like a man living in a palace, not a prison. He mentioned in the letter to the Philippians his chains again and again. He mentions that if you read through Philippians. And we hear them chiming like Christmas bells. I'm talking about his chains. The apostle had converted his chains just as he had converted his guards. Is that amazing? That is, isn't it? His chains had been transformed into the bonds of Christ and were therefore tokens of that good and acceptable and perfect will of God, which had long been his delight. So real Christianity, we talked about this last week, it's a father-son, father-daughter relationship, not a religion. It's not a religion. I got saved and, and everybody 
that I was around would come up to me and, you got religion. I said, no, I didn't get religion. I had religion. I got rid of that. I got Christ. I got a relationship. Amen? So real Christianity this week is going to be this. It's faith, love, relationship. It's a faith, love, grace relationship. It's not a do-good relationship. Does he want you to do good? Yeah. But I don't do good to be accepted. I don't do good to gain points. I don't do good to get better in better with him. See? It's not that way at all. He knows we're a mess. And he just accepts us. That's grace. So what's my part? I'm to live by faith. I'm to live by faith and just trusting day after day for the things that, that I need. <clears throat> so we need a mindset of living in Christ instead of living for Christ. We're going to talk about that all the way through. In Christ, for Christ. It all comes down to my motives for my service or for my Christianity. We need to understand that it's not I have to serve God, it's I get to serve God. See? Big difference there. Are you here today because you have to be here? Or are you here today because, man, we get to be here? See? See, it's that mindset. So living in Christ will take care of our circumstances and surroundings as we go through life. I remember going to see someone who used to go to our church for many years and, and had quit going to church anywhere. And I asked them, so why'd you stop coming? And this is what they said. The church services just don't do anything for me anymore. What? You know, they had a, I have to serve God instead of I get to serve God reason. Their service was more like law and duty motivated. And it had turned into a religion, not a relationship. Not love motivated. And so they were left disappointed in their Christianity, in their church. And you just go on and on with that, see? You get disappointed in what's going on. It's your love, relationship with God. <laughs> That's what's going on, yeah. Maybe you're here today and you're disappointed in your Christianity. Maybe you're on live stream and you're sitting there thinking, what am I missing? So, Brother Mike, we're, uh, <clears throat> what are we going to do? It looks like America is doomed. The Democrats are going to get in, and we're going to go down the tubes. Well, whatever. So where's your trust, your joy, your dependence? It better not be in America. Amen? It better be in your relationship with Jesus Christ, or you will be very discouraged. I'm telling you. Yeah. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. Hey, what about all the Christians around the world that live in communist countries? that are saved, trying to serve God, trying to sneak around going to church, trying to witness to somebody and, well, I might get thrown in prison for doing this. What about those people? Communist-controlled governments, how do they manage? I'll tell you how they manage. They got real Christianity. Yeah. They work at staying in love with Jesus. Paul was in prison when he wrote to the Philippian church. That's real Christianity. So, let me back up. A couple lessons we learned in previous lessons. Just two things here. If you understand God's amazing grace, 
you will desire to be transformed into the likeness of Christ. That theme is through this whole lesson series. If you understand God's amazing grace, you'll desire to be transformed into the likeness of Christ. In other words, I won't do that, go there, think that, touch that, eat that, be a part of that, because it will break his heart. See? It's not just because, it's not, well, that's wrong, I don't want to do it. No, I'm not going to do it because it will break his heart. See, you're that close to him, you have that kind of relationship. And then the second thing is recognize the difference between behavior modification. What are you talking about? I'm talking about changing the way you behave because it's the law or it's the duty or it's what I should do versus behavior change motivated by love. Well, how can you stop doing that? Well, the Bible says I need to stop doing that. It needs to be, I stop doing that because I don't want to break his heart. See? You getting that? I'm going to repeat it a hundred times. So you'll have it before the end of the lesson. So that brings us to today's lesson. It's a threefold game plan. Threefold game plan. So here it is. It's real simple. By faith, I love Jesus. By faith, I walk with Jesus. And by faith, I depend upon Jesus. How many here love Jesus? It's a loaded question. If you don't raise your hand, you're sleeping or you're not listening. Or Yeah, yeah amen. <clears throat> By faith, I love Jesus. So when's the last time you saw him? Face to face. How do you know there's a Jesus? How do you know this Bible's true? How come you came to church today? I love Jesus. Got to be by faith. I've never seen him. Personally. I know he lives in my heart. I know this book talks about him. Amen. I believe this book is God's word. Yeah. What's all that? It's by faith. So this whole thing today that I'm going to talk about, it's God's grace he puts up with me, gives me more time to be like Jesus. My part is my faith. Trusting him, believing him, believing a God I've never seen. Believe in his word. Amen. I'm telling you. By faith I love Jesus Christ. By faith I walk with Jesus. By faith I depend upon Jesus. So Paul said to work out your own salvation. We were given salvation, but we don't work for our salvation. You understand what this is saying here? He's saying, work out your salvation. He's saying, work out your relationship with God. He's talking about the rest of the trip to heaven after you get saved. That's what he's talking about. We could liken the gift of salvation to the gift of a gold mine. Think about this. If somebody were to give you a gold mine that had an untold amount of wealth. You ever thought of that? You find a little secret map to a gold mine. Or somebody gives you a gold mine. But the gold would do you no practical good unless you went and dug it out of the mine. See? Likewise, we need to get busy and work out our own relationship with Jesus Christ. 
See, he does all his part, but there's things that we have to do on our side. We're not working for our salvation, but any relationship you have will take work. Amen? You're married, you need to work at loving your spouse. You neglect that, you're in trouble. You've got to work at it. Same way with Christ. He saved me, I know I'm going to heaven, but I need to put in to that every day. I need to love him on purpose by faith. Yep. So God does the changing in me, in you, but we must make the choices for the change. Do you get that? God does the changing, but we must make the choices. Listen, today, you're sitting here today, maybe you have expectations about your Christianity, about your walk with Christ, that nobody but you have. Maybe God doesn't even have your expectations. Maybe your goals don't even meet God's goals for you at this time in your life. Maybe you're just way ahead of God. Or maybe you're just way behind God. See? So, you know, sometimes we live maybe even for years thinking that we're a failure. But in God's game plan, it's just, it's normal. Remember what I said last week? If, if you get discouraged and you fail and all these different things, that's normal. <laughs> You're still in your flesh. Your flesh doesn't want anything to do with God. It's a struggle, right? It's just a daily thing. But in God's game plan, it's normal. Living out real Christianity. Listen, it's not that we should get, uh, give ourselves a pat on the back. If you've gained any ground in your salvation, in your Christian walk, yeah, I mean, it's the Lord that did it. It's just God that did it, amen? And not that we have a license to sin, I'm not saying that. I said that last week. You know, this thing of being God's grace doesn't give me a license to sin, but I fail Him on a regular basis. I fail Him. So you must grow in grace. It's the only way... The only way you don't grow is by not taking God's advice when He speaks to you in the preaching, the Bible reading, and His Holy Spirit promptings. The only way you don't grow is when you just don't, you, you don't do what He tells you. Pastor preaches every week, comes across this pulpit, it's just God talking to us through Pastor, yeah. So when you... If you miss church or you miss live stream or however it works for you, you're missing out what you need that day. So, okay, Brother Mike, get on with it. Okay, I'm, I'm moving here. So uh, what's the plan? Number one, it's a grace plan. It's a grace plan. God's mercy is not getting what I deserve. God's grace is getting what I don't deserve. Grace is God's goodness, forbearance, long-suffering, is putting up with me a little while longer so I can be like Christ. That's his grace. It's unreal. So the Apostle Paul, remember he said he was a saint. He says that in, in the Word. He says, I'm a saint, but I'm the chiefest of sinners. What's that? He says, I'm a wretched man, but I'm a new creature. This is Paul talking. Romans 7, O wretched man that I am, who should deliver me from the body of this death? Paul said, I'm a mess. But in 2 Corinthians, he says this, 
Therefore, if any man be in Christ, is a new creature, old things passed away, behold, all things are become new. I'm a mess, but I'm a new creature. <laughs> I'm wretched, but I'm saved, and I'm new, and I'm... Is that unreal? I'm a saint, and I'm a mess. That's real Christianity. How does God respond to my wretchedness? Well, it's his, it's his amazing grace. He doesn't condemn me. When's the last time you did something you shouldn't have done and, uh, and God just condemned you? I mean, he just got all over your case. You sorry, no good. Now, your flesh will do that. You'll condemn yourself. And the devil will speak to you. And you might even have somebody you know in church say, you sorry, no good, can't believe you did that. But God will never do that. He doesn't condemn us. He gives me more time to be like Jesus Christ. That's grace. How does God respond to my being a new creature? Well, that's his amazing grace. He gets the credit for me being a new creature. So what's my part? Do I work? Or do I rest? Is it effort or is it surrender? What is it, Brother Mike? I'm not going to tell you. I'm going to make you listen. The rest of the lesson, okay? It's some of all of that. But let me say this. Galatians 2.20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So much in that verse. You could spend a, you could spend a couple of weeks just on that verse. But basically it says this, I live by faith. I live by faith. Don't miss this. It's all his work in you, not your work for him. He says this, I am crucified with Christ. What's that? My sinful nature is dead. You just need to realize your sinful nature is dead. Your flesh is still alive. Remember we talked last week about the chicken with the head cut off? Chicken don't know he's dead. He's running around with his head cut off. I don't know if you've ever seen that, but it's a sight to see. Amen? But it's also a sight to see when you do things that you should never do, and you don't have a sin nature anymore. It's your flesh. You don't have to sin. I'm crucified with Christ. My sinful nature is dead. Nevertheless, I live. I'm alive with a new nature. You need to reckon that and think about that. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. I am connected with God. He lives inside of me. Anything good happening in me, by me, is Christ. It's just that. It's not me. Well, I'm doing pretty good. It's not you. Well, I'm, I'm here now. I'm not here. That's Christ. See? And this life in the flesh, I live by faith. Faith that I'm going to finish. Faith that I'm going to be a winner. Faith to conquer my flesh. It, listen, it all has to be a daily faith journey. Yeah, it's all, it's all about faith, game plan. So, then there's the victory plan. 1 John 5, 4 says this, 
For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. It's your faith. Your faith is such a big thing with God. It's His grace and your faith. That is, that's really the whole lesson. It's easy to start living for Jesus rather than living in Jesus. So I've, I've talked about this last three weeks, last two weeks, three weeks. For Jesus, in Jesus. You're, live, you're living for Jesus, living in Jesus. What's the difference? I don't get it, Brother Mike. What's the deal? For Jesus, in Jesus. It's all the same, isn't it? No, it's not. Philippians 2.13, For it is God that which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. To will is my inner faith desire, his inner desire in me. To do is the ability by faith to act and behave God's way. Listen, will you do good works after after you get saved? Sure you will. But it's not of yourself or of your own strength that you're doing that. Well, I got saved, I quit smoking. Talk about you, I never did smoke. I didn't have that problem. But hey, then you think, I'm doing pretty good, I quit smoking. It was God that gave you that victory. Don't think that you did that on your own. I mean, it's all the other things, too. All those other things. Uh, your, good wor- your good works will be an exercise in utter dependence. Your life will either be self-driven, drizzen. There ain't no such word as drizzen, is there, Grace? Your life will either be self-driven or Jesus-driven. One is performance-driven, the other is spirit-led. Can you see where I'm going with this thing today? When we surrender to Him, He gives us the will and the ability to obey Him. So, am I trying to please Him in self-effort or yielding to Him in self-abandonment? <laughs> well, you keep saying, let God have His way. I feel like I just have to do something. We're all that way, aren't we? We like to do something. I keep wanting to take over and fix it. But you know what? God wants me to just throw in the towel and by faith let Him fix it. By nature, I want to fix everything on my own. I'm just that way. All my grandkids, they, I, they think I can fix anything. <laughs> but really, I can't. I mean, there's some things I have no clue. They don't know that, and I'm not going to tell them. But anyway. But what is it? I need to acknowledge him in everything, everything, everything. So you got to get this. You got to get this. Romans 14 says this Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Well, Brother Mike, that's talking about eating food and, and sacrifices. And I think it's more than that. Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. I looked up that word, whatsoever. This is what it means. All, any, every, the whole, always, daily, as many as, thoroughly, (laughs) whatsoever. So I'm working on this bumper for Brett. So Brett's impressed. He likes it. I like it. 
So, man, he is over yesterday. Man, you, you just, you know what's going on. You just, you got it, you know. Where'd you get that, you know? You're so good, you know. I'll just tell you. Before I started working on that thing, I just prayed, God, I don't have a clue what he wants. And he's changing his mind every week. <laughs> Can you add this, take that off, make this bigger, move that over here? And it's all, it's all been for the good. I mean, we're going in the right direction, amen? But here's the thing. I just pray, God, I need your help. And you know what? Every time I pray that, in anything that I do, God helps me, and it's just, as further I get along, I look back at it and I think, man, that could have been me. That had to have been God. See? So every day, everything you do, every day, I was changing out an uh, electrical box in my garage yesterday and uh, trying to get this little screw in. Little screw that holds a wire, Brother Dan. <laughs> you know, in the breaker thing, you know, just screw won't go in and it's falling and I'm kind of in a cramped place, you know. I'm getting all, I'm getting worked up. You don't ever do that. Anyway, it's, it's like the Holy Spirit said, You want me to help you with this or you just want to get mad? I said, Hey, I need some help. You say, oh, that's just silly, that's stupid. That's life. Little thing, little screw, or a whole bumper. That's life, amen? Hey, listen, both have real fruit. I'm talking about self or flesh-driven, you get fake fruit. Spirit, faith-controlled, you get real fruit. Paul said, I live, but it's not me. It's Jesus living through me. Killing my self-dependence is a work that only God can do. There's people here that are real headstrong, that can do anything. Then there's people that are, feel like they're weak and they have to trust God more. But I'm just telling you, every little thing needs to be trusted to Him. He allows us to struggle to humble us. It's all about the death of the flesh. It's a lifelong, slow, and painful process. Then the flesh doesn't want to go down without a fight, does it? It doesn't, Yeah. So it all comes down to living for Jesus or living in Jesus. Brother Mike, you keep saying that. I'm, I'm trying to get you to get it, see? So living for Jesus. That's a popular, popular phrase, amen? There's even a song, living for Jesus. I like that song. It's a good song. But my self-effort, is it my self-effort to impress or to win him, living for him? Is it my trying to make myself holy, living for Him? God must really be amazed at how much I glorify Him. I mean, I'm trying to live for Him. He's lucky to have me. He's surely getting a lot more glory because of me, amen? I mean, and sometimes we do this without realizing you know, that we're doing it. If anything good happens in my life, it's because of Him and not because of me. So living for Jesus, yeah, that's a good thing, but let's talk about living in Jesus. Acts 17, 28, listen to what it says. For in Him we live and move and have our being. In Him we live, move, have our being, right? 
Let me read it just a little different. For Him we live and move and have our being. Is it in Him or just for Him? See? has to be Him in the relationship. has to be Him in the middle of everything I do. Or it's just me doing it. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Let me read a little bit different. I can do all things which strengtheneth me. See the difference there? Winning in Jesus, not for Jesus. I still don't get it, Brother Mike. Okay. Total dependence driven by love for Him, brought on by His grace toward me, even though I'm a mess. This is my yielding to total surrender in Jesus. You're either gracing Jesus, or Jesus is gracing you. See? My favors, my goodness, my righteousness pushes out and away His grace. Let me say it like this. It's acknowledging and yielding to Him in everything in life. Everything. Everything. Every day. What's the Bible say? Hebrews eleven six. But without faith it is impossible to please Him for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he's a reward of them, and diligently seek him. So, works, get this. You ought to write this down. I wrote it down. It's not from me. I got it from a preacher who's been dead for a couple hundred years. Amen? Those dead preachers, they got a lot to say sometimes. Anyway, you need to write this down. Works, works do not make us walk with God or bring us into his presence. Talking about our service, our works. Works do not make us walk with God or bring us into His presence. Faith brings us into His presence. Faith brings us into His presence. Remember the story of Martha and Mary? I believe uh, we had an evangelist here a week or so ago. Evangelist Jim Warfram preached on this. Did you preach on it? Okay. I just want to make sure. Luke chapter 10, let me read it to you. Now it came to pass as they went, that he entered into a certain village, a certain woman, woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his words. So at one time they were both sitting at his feet. Remember the story? But Martha was cumbered about much serving, came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister have left me to serve alone? Bitter, therefore, that she helped me. Jesus answered said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. But this one thing is needful. Mary hath chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. What's that all about? Works do not make us walk with God or bring us into his presence. Faith brings us into his presence. I need to recognize I need him every day, all day, Every second of every day. I can't leave him out. Get up, get some coffee, head to work. Haven't said nothing to God until that car that runs you off the road and you miss the telephone pole and you're sitting there sideways on the side of the curb there. And, oh, thanks, God. It's every day, all day. So the game plan. God's game plan is not what we think, is it? 
we default to works of righteousness. God says, my righteousness is filthy rags. That, listen, that's not just before you get saved, that's after also. My works of righteousness, the things I do, I'm only righteous in Him. See? Every minute of every day, our flesh wants to glory. Did you know that we're just glory hogs by nature? We're glory hogs by nature. Pastor gets up and he says something about somebody did something, and, and you're thinking, well, I hope he mentions me, you know, I did that here a while back. That doesn't ever happen to you. You're lying. What is that? That's the glory hog in me. What's that glory? Uh, my independence says, Jesus, look at me, how mature I've become. That's self-glory. My dependence says, Jesus, without you, I can do nothing. That's Jesus' glory, amen? Listen, I'm a mess. Jesus said, I know you're a mess. If you just get out of the way, I'll get something done in your life. See? So three basic components, and we're going to have to hurry. Learning to love Jesus by faith. Remember what uh, Jesus said in John 21? So when they had dined, Jesus saith unto Peter, Simon, Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest I love thee. He saith unto them, feed my lambs. John 14, if you love me, keep my commandments. John Mar- or Mark 12, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. The greatest thing you can do as a Christian is to love Jesus Christ, to love God. The greatest thing you can do. Pastor says it almost every week. The greatest thing you can do for your children is to teach them to love God. Why is that? Why is that? Loving God is the greatest motivator for every behavior and every good work in your life. Loving God. You're either you're doing it because somebody expects you to do it, or you're doing it because, man, I, he done so much for me, he saved my sorry soul. i got to do something for him. Amen? I keep chasing these or want to chase these rabbits. <laughs> we was on the way to church today, and I, I told Carol, I said, pray for me that I don't, I don't chase rabbits. She goes, yeah, they did, they did get out there, and they just say, look at me, chase me, talk about me. <clears throat> i got to keep moving. So in Peter's life, Christ told Peter that he would deny him three times, but he foretold not just the denial and the failure, but the repentance and the restoration. Remember that? Luke 22, and Jesus, or, and the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith, that thy faith fail not, and when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. Jesus didn't beat Peter up or badger him about his denial of Christ later, did he? He didn't beat him up. What did he say? You love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love him? Hey, it's his grace 
and by faith I'm going to love him. That is real Christianity. So, is it law and discipline that motivates your behavior, or is it God's amazing grace that motivates your behavior? Real Christianity is an experience in lavish grace from God to me, which calls for lavish love from me to God. Do you get that? Real Christianity is an experience of lavish grace from God to me, which calls for lavish love from me to God. So, everybody's over at the house, Thanksgiving. And David, I'm going to say this, I'm not trying to, hope I don't embarrass him, but I'm going to say it. He's talking to his mom. They're looking at ordering something on the phone, ordering a Bible or something. I say, what are you, what are you ordering? Oh, hey, David wants some Bibles. I said, oh, yeah, how many? What's he getting? Oh, he wants 300 pocket Bibles, little pocket Bibles. They're on sale, two bucks a piece. Shipping and everything, 650 I said, Dave, what are you doing with those? Well, I'm going to pass them out when I witness the people. I'm sitting there, Holy Spirit says, my lavish love on you? What have you done for me lately like that? <laughs> Here's a kid, doesn't have a full-time job, spending his money on Bibles to give people? 650 bucks? Real Christianity is an experience in lavish grace from God to me, which calls for lavish love from me to God. Amen? The bigger and more extravagant I understand God's grace to be, the more it motivates me to love Him extravagantly. Love Him back. Amen. Hey, real quick. If any man come to me and hate not his father, mother, child, children, brethren, sisters, yea, in his own life, he cannot be my disciple. God wants me to make all other loves in my life lesser loves. See? God's loving grace motivates, compels, constrains me to grow in grace and holiness to become like Christ. Yes, learning to walk with Jesus, that's my part. He said, abide in me and I in you. The branch cannot bear fruit except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. For, with, for without me you can do nothing. That's God's grace, isn't it? Real Christianity is an intimate, loving relationship with Jesus. The more time you spend with Him, the more, he, uh, the more you will love Him. The more you love Him, the more you will yield to Him. The more you yield to Him, the more He will change you. How come I can't get victory in my life, Brother Mike? How much time do you give Him? How much love do you give Him? Have you lavished any love on him lately? How much yielding to him? Change comes through time, love, and yielding. Your heart will change, your love will grow, and your behavior will follow. Then you need to depend on him. Listen, listen, the only thing you can do is this, I'm done. By faith, love him. By faith, yield to him. By faith, present yourself to him. Love Jesus by faith. Walk with Jesus by faith. Depend on Jesus by faith. That's the simple game plan. 
His grace will make up the difference when you fail. Love, walk, depend by faith on Jesus. Remember, you only lose if you quit. You only lose if you quit. You just keep coming. You just keep trying. You'll win. I'm telling you. So that's the simple game plan. His grace will make up the difference. Love, walk, depend by faith on Jesus. Listen, stay in the struggle. It's God's, it's God's plan that we struggle. It's His plan. He set it up that way. So you'll win if you finish. And remember this, remember this. Works do not make us walk with God or bring us into His presence. Faith brings us into His presence. So everything you do every day, He gives you amazing grace. You respond by having faith in Him and loving Him. It's that simple. You'll grow. You'll make it. You'll win. Start living by faith in every little detail of your life, and you know what will happen? You'll fall in love with Him. I'm telling you, it works. Let's pray. Lord, thank You for today. Thank You for Your Word. Thank You, Lord, that we don't have to work for our salvation. You saved us. And by grace, you love us, even though we're a mess. You love us. You don't condemn us. We don't have a license to sin, but you don't condemn us. You keep drawing us back. You give us more time. And Lord, our part is by faith to just love you back. Help us, God, get our head around these things. In Christ's name, amen.